The following is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Yes, it is that time. Let's uh, let's have at it, shall we? It is a 7.07 on a Monday evening. John Pinkins is here to answer all your calls. That is phone calls as well, not just emails, 416-870-6400. That would be the way to call through, 416-870-6400 to, uh, to get on the air here over the next 45, 50 minutes and ask your questions, whether it's a temporary layoff, returning to work, COVID-related, or anything else under the employment banner. That's what we talk about. John's uh, pumped and ready to go, plus that and what you need to know about employment agreements. And if we have time, you have more seniority than you realize. We'll get to some of those talking points and maybe an email or three. So that's on the way. You want to send along an email just in case. It is help at employmentlawyer.ca. And anytime, more information at your fingertips, like I'm a lawyer with you 24-7, pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. But the week that was, the way we warm up on every show here, John, uh, what do you got for me tonight, brother? Yeah, John, good to be here and uh, just have a few situations for people as they're uh, listening, hopefully from someplace uh, cool uh, and comfortable today. Uh, But uh, the terminations have uh, not been been stopping and and certainly uh, increasing as uh, businesses realize uh, those people who they uh, have perhaps temporarily laid off, uh, they're now going to be terminating permanently. So uh, we'll talk actually about the first situation involving someone who was let go about two months ago. Uh, and decided uh, just last week they recently wanted to finally do something about it. So this was a woman who worked in the IT department of a very large company for about 18 years. And about two years ago, she was uh, uh, she uh, witnessed, uh, two years before she was let go, um, she witnessed a horrific incident uh, and ended up actually suffering from PTSD. Uh, so she took some time off work, uh, but when she came back, she ended up needing to take off a few days here and there. She, you know, she got doctor's notes and everything for it. Uh, but she had a supervisor who was not really a fan of this, uh, as it was starting to complicate um, her life. Uh, and so she started complaining the supervisor to the higher ups. In 2019, the company starts issuing some formal warnings, puts her on a performance improvement plan. Uh, and of course, John, you know what that means. When someone's uh, put on a performance mm-hmm. improvement plan, it means that bad things are typically in the works. Uh, and she tells them, she says, look, I, I cannot do anything about this. Uh, sometimes I have triggers and I-, I need to take some days off. Every time she goes off, she gets them a medical note and the doctor's notes are never questioned, but they still keep putting her on this performance improvement plan, 90 day plan, 60 day plan, 30 day plan, first warning, second warning, final warning. And eventually they terminate her employment for cause. But um, they say, you know what? We're so nice. We're going to pay you your minimum statutory amounts of six months pay. (laughs) So thank goodness this person came to us. Right. Wow. Because she's owed a heck of a lot more than six months pay. I assist that based on her age, her position, and her years of service, she was owed over a year and a half of her pay. And what's more, because the company terminated her employment because of her medical leaves, her PTSD leaves, a recognized psychological disorder, uh, disability under the Human Rights Code. Uh, there's some human rights damages here as well. So what a mess. Uh, we're getting involved, in, and I uh, anticipate there's going to be some substantial payments uh, made to her once this is through. Again, 416-870-6400. That is the number to call here at the station and ask John your questions. Uh, what else is going on, pal? 
The second situation is a little more straightforward. Uh, I spoke to a gentleman who is 64 years old and working for a company for about two years as head software engineer, earning a significant salary with some pretty major responsibilities. And so they let him go without cause, just a layoff, uh, permanent layoff. And upon termination, he was paid uh, two weeks pay. So he came to me asking if he was entitled to more. And it turns out that the company was relying on a termination clause in his employment agreement that he signed two years ago. Well, I had a look at this termination clause, and it took me about 30 seconds to see uh, that this termination clause was completely illegal, contrary to the Employment Standards Act, and then for all intents and purposes, it just didn't exist. Uh, so that meant that his full entitlements was not two weeks' pay. They weren't two weeks' pay. He was entitled to potentially up to six months' pay. And, you know, the interesting thing here when, when it comes to employees with short service is even though he had been employed for a short period of time, because of the nature of the position and that he held the compensation he had and the age that he was when they let him go, he was 64, remember, uh, the law recognizes that these people actually may take the same amount of time to find a new job as someone who's been there for several years more. So uh, we'll be negotiating something for him that I expect will be a, a, far, a far cry uh, from what he was initially offered. The uh, number, by the way, any time to reach John or Leora at the firm, one uh, 821 5900 That is the uh, the way to do that. Email is help at employmentlawyer.ca, but here and now is when you want to call in, get some quick answers, 416-870-6400. We're going to get to uh, to Pete in Oshawa. Hey, Pete, thanks for uh, thanks for hanging on. Good evening. Not at all. How are you? Good. What's, uh, what's on? Uh with this code thing, I have a part-time gig that I have done for six years that has to do with instruction, and it was usually face-to-face, classroom, that sort of thing. When the COVID thing came along, um, the people that were requiring the instruction, it's now gone to a video presentation, and it has removed the need for a lot of the instructors that, uh, at the very least, are our hours have been reduced by probably 90%. I spoke earlier with uh, one of the managers, just kind of off the cuff asking what he foresees going forward. Is this video thing working out? Is this the way it's going to be for the future? How do you think it's going to work out? And he said, well, the biggest problem is once he loses the budget of the amount that he's paying, because he doesn't have to pay as much, he won't be able to get it back anyway. So the video thing will have to work out. So they made attempts at uh, getting us other work in the meantime, but it's all sort of dried up. So at this point, I'm thinking I might as well just tell them I am uh, feeling it's constructive dismissal because of the change in my work situation and ask for my severance. You you may very well decide that's the best move to take. And, and, you know, one of the major practical considerations here is that for people who are inclined to do that, uh, time is not necessarily on your side, right? I, I don't know if this is a, you know, a small company or a large company, but if it's a small company that is uh, potentially not going to survive the situation, um, you may want to get a severance package, even if it is a, a lesser severance package than you would normally be entitled to, just to ensure that you can get something for your entitlements before they terminate your employment and say, your employment's terminated, but we have no money to pay you. I mean, if your hours have been reduced by 90%, 
you know, the, the law is pretty clear that that's going to be akin to a termination. Now, maybe if they did it for on a temporary basis, a few weeks, a few months here and there, that'd be different. But if they're looking at the long term, and this is looking like it's just not going to work out, then certainly this is a candidate uh, for constructive dismissal. And I would recommend that you call us um, so we can talk about um, getting you a severance package. Well, the timing is kind of an interesting thing, as you're mentioning. I'm not worried. It's a, it's a government agency, so it's not ah. as if they're not going to be around. Right. But it is right. not a unionized position. It is, mm-hmm. uh, it is simply part-time work. Um, right. So you're right. As a government agency, that, that concern uh, certainly would not apply to you in the same way. Um, but at the same time, if you're inclined to not accept this and treat this as a termination uh, and a, a, a reduction of your hours by 90 percent, again, if it was temporary and just, you know, just for the, sta- uh, the duration of the temporary or the state of emergency, that would be one thing. But if this is looking like a long term thing and they're not going to get you back on your feet, uh, then certainly you, you want to start looking at the potential of ter- uh, treating this as a constructive dismissal. Very good. Thanks very much. You're very welcome. Thank you, Pete. Uh, you're very welcome. Here's how you reach out now that you know that. It is help at employmentlawyer.ca. Write that email address down. And the phone number, one 821 We'll put you up with, uh, with John at a later time when we're not on the air. But do follow up with it. Indeed, as, as mentioned, you want to make sure you nip this in the bud before time does elapse. Phone calls, 416-870-6400. A couple minutes before our first break here, so we'll get into this. And that is what you need to know about employment agreements. Number one, why are employment agreements important, Mr. Pegas? Employment agreements are just about the most important document you will see with your employer. They set out all the conditions of your employment. Now, sometimes you're looking at it and it's just a quick offer letter and it just says your salary and it says your benefits and and your start date. And if you have that, that's great. As an employee, that's usually the best kind of employment agreement you can have because when it comes to an employment agreement, the devil is in the details. Um, We're looking looking at things that are going to limit your entitlements on termination, potentially limit your ability to to search for work after you're let go. um, And And uh, this is the kind of thing that if you sign it, you may be limiting yourself to an entitlement that's tens of thousands or hundreds of thousands of dollars less than you may be entitled many years down the road. So it's a really important document to have reviewed by an employment lawyer. Let's get into our first quick break here so we can spend some time on the rest of this list and your phone calls as well. I'll give you time to pick up a phone and give us a call. 416-870-6400 is the number. Employment Law Show, Global News Radio. You are listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto. It is uh, 720. Yeah, that is the number to call through and ask your questions. Bring them on. John Pick is here representing and uh, taking your questions and spitting out some pretty good answers. 416-870-6400 is the way to do that. And in the meantime, we're talking about what you need to know about employment agreements. As we get our calls lined up here, I'll move on to this one. You mentioned, you know, devil's in the details. So having said that, what's better, uh, like a handshake agreement or a 10, 50-page document? What do you think? 
Of course, a, a handshake deal is is a better agreement. I I, I don't know if we'll be doing so many handshakes uh, in the coming huh. months. Uh, so maybe it'll be you know kind of more more a uh, uh, an email, uh, a short email agreement. But certainly, the shorter that agreement is, the better. Uh, and ninety nine percent of the time, you know, unless you're going to get a fixed term guarantee of employment, uh, it you know a handshake agreement, as we'll sort of colloquially call them now, is not going to impose any restrictions on what you can do and what you can't do after your job's over. It's going to ensure that you have your full entitlements under the common law if you're let go from your job. Uh, and contrary to what a lot of people believe, you don't need an employment agreement. You don't. Uh, all you need is a verbal agreement. Once you start working, the terms become implied, and those are usually the best terms you can possibly have. So I often have people come to me and they say, well, you know, I've been asking for a contract forever and they won't give it to me. And I say, you know, it's ironic because they should want to give you a contract and you should actually not be the one who wants a contract because the reality is most of the time you don't need one and you probably don't even want one. 416-870-6400 is that number to call through. Ask your questions and we'll do exactly that. Get to uh, to Robert. Hey, Robert, good evening. Good evening. I have a question to you. I don't know if it's under your purview or not. If, if somebody is an employee in a firm and they catch corona uh, or COVID-19 and they die, and if it could be traced to the firm that they caught it there, is that an action they could bring against the firm? Is that something for workers' comp to get involved, Ministry of Labor to get involved? Mm-hmm. So uh, we, we may, in fact, see some claims like this. I mean, I'd, I'd actually be surprised if we did not. Uh, generally speaking, uh, the rule is that any illness or injury that is suffered in the workplace is dealt with by workers' compensation. In Ontario, we have WSIB. And actually, if you go on the WSIB website, you'll see that there have been a number of claims already made uh, as a result of, uh, of COVID-19. Uh, now, if that person uh, dies, then there, you know, there may also be uh, life insurance issues there as well that, that uh, are a little bit, as an employment lawyer, uh, outside my wheelhouse. But generally speaking, if you're talking about illness in the workplace, it's WSIB that would be applicable. What about going against the directors and stuff like that? No, t- typically the, the general rule is is that you can't uh, sue a company uh, for matters that are covered by the WSIB. You can't start a lawsuit if the WSIB has jurisdiction over it. And if it's a workplace injury, workplace illness, WSIB is going to have jurisdiction. And you're saying a number of them already have been started. Yes, yes. If you go on the WSIB website, you'll see they actually post statistics. I don't know if they've updated them, but there's been quite a few COVID-19 related uh, claims. Wow. Uh, most of them denied, uh, from what I recall, but uh, there's there's quite a few. So if they deny it, um, then can you then uh, basically sue the company? Uh, you know, that, that gets into uh, complexities that I probably won't have time to get into on the air. Uh, but you, usually if it's denied, um, the next place that that person, uh, who's, is, is going to go will probably be insurance if they have a private insurance plan. Um, you know, if there's a negligence issue, then I, I suppose I could see perhaps some situations where you may be able to go uh, after uh, a director, but, uh, that, that starts to get much more complicated. Is that something your firm does, or is that more personal injury? 
Um, it, it, it can be something our firm does. Our firm does some personal injury as well. Uh, but as a WSIB matter, uh, we, we don't uh, uh, typically, uh, we, we do refer people to uh, a lawyer who, who does WSIB matter. So if you, if you have that question, you can certainly contact us. It probably won't be us specifically who's dealing with it, though, if it's, if it's a purely WSIB matter, but we can point you in the right direction. Appreciate the call, Robert, and that number to reach out to get more information if you need it. One eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. Help at employmentlawyer.ca. What you need to know about employment agreements. Uh, next one is this: What should employees watch out for when signing that agreement? Because you know they always got to have a good look at it. If not, call you first, right? Right. Well, if if you're concerned, if this is an employment agreement that's going to be more than a page or two, then you know if it just says your salary, your benefits, and your start date, then hey, great. You probably don't need an employment lawyer to look over that. There's not much to look over. But if you're looking at a 10-page document with clause 10.05 and 06, then that's when you really want to think about having a consultation with a lawyer, uh, because often these agreements contain very nuanced language that may uh, limit your rights while you're on the job and potentially after the job is over, uh, often actually after the job is over. And of course, the biggest thing to watch out for is a termination clause. So if you're not going to get it reviewed by a lawyer, at least look out for your own sake for that termination clause because it's one of the most costly uh, things that you can give up in terms of your entitlements. You need to be aware of that. Um, another uh, doc, another point you may want to look at is if you're in a purchase and sale environment and the company's bought out, look if they're recognizing your past service. Uh, look if they're you know cutting out your prior service for everything except for uh, your minimum entitlements. Other things might be non-compete clauses, non-solicitation clauses. So again, these are some of the uh, the details that uh, can really hurt you in the future if you don't uh, be careful when you're signing. Can they be negotiated employment agreements? You know, so this is interesting. It's a question that I get a lot, and it's it's not actually a legal question it's a practical question and so of course uh, often employment agreements can be negotiated and some people are a little bit hesitant to say you know I don't really want to talk about termination but remember it's not you who brought it up it's the company who did you know if you're dealing maybe with a large enterprise level corporation that may be interviewing a lot of candidates you may not have that kind of leverage. They may just decide, you know what, we're not interested in negotiating because we're so used to people saying yes to it and we know someone else will. Uh, but in other cases, you may very well have the, the leverage to do that if they really need you there. Um, so one instance where you really, really should consider negotiating an employment agreement is if you're at the job already um, and you're being asked to sign a new agreement. Another one that you may want to think about is if you're being recruited uh, from somewhere. You know, that's the point right. where you really have maximum leverage. So talk to them about the termination clauses. And I've seen people do this successfully. Uh, and remember that if a company's not willing to get rid of a clause, it's because they're intending to rely on it. Um, so if you're not comfortable with it, then don't just assume it's not going to affect you because very likely it will. We're talking about what you need to know about employment agreements. You want to chime in anytime, 416-870-6400. So now you've, uh, you've signed that employment agreement without advice. Now what? Duck? <laughs> well, this is not an ideal uh, situation, and hopefully you haven't given away your rights. And in many cases, no. uh, the employment agreement is, in fact, completely innocuous, and you don't have to worry. But if you have signed an employment agreement uh, that does have a clause that they're relying on, uh, it's still important to speak to an employment lawyer uh, when that employer is relying on it, because often employers try to rely on illegal termination clauses, and that is not something that an employer has discretion to do. If the clause is illegal, 
legal, then the clause can't be relied on. And many clauses, a surprising amount of clauses, um, are completely illegal uh, in often more than one way. And if the, if it's illegal, uh, the courts simply act as if that doesn't exist. So um, sometimes you uh, also may be in a situation where the whole contract gets thrown out because of when you've signed it. So definitely speak to an employment lawyer before you sign off on any kind of release, even if you've signed an employment agreement. Get to a couple more phone calls here in a moment. Going to bounce over in the meantime to an email. Laura sends us along. By the way, it is help at employmentlawyer.ca. Laura says, uh, do employers owe you more severance if it is a mass termination? That's a good question. And this is a question that is coming up. Uh, you know, I, I often didn't need to look at the mass termination provisions. Right. All of a sudden with this pandemic, yeah. they're coming up all the time. And I'm seeing employers get this wrong again and again and again. And the mass termination clauses uh, of the Employment Standards Act say that your minimum entitlements, even if you've been there one year, two years, your minimum entitlements could be eight weeks, 12 weeks, 16 weeks pay or 16 weeks notice, um, depending on how many people are at that organization. So it's not going to affect your full entitlements, which is what we're usually talking about at at, uh, in this show, but it talks, but it does affect your your minimum entitlements. And the interesting thing is, I've had a few situations where the minimum entitlement is so big under the mass termination clause, it's actually bigger than the full entitlement. Uh, wow. So mass term, it's it it happens for really short service employees because you get the same amount no matter how long you've been somewhere. So right. um, if you're at an organization uh, that has terminated a whole bunch of people, fifty people, two hundred people, five hundred people, which is happening right now, uh, that's a special Especially when you need to speak to an employment lawyer. 416-870-6400. That is the number to call through. And we'll get to uh, to Scott here. If someone else wants to press a button because I'm frozen, but that's okay. We'll get to uh, Scott in Burlington. Again, 416-870-6400 would be the number to do that. We got Scott on the air. How you doing? Hey, Scotty, what's up? So my father is seven. Oh, Scott's still there. Scott? Did we lose Scott? I don't know if he lost. You hear me? Scott. Oh, there he back. is. Oh, hey, oh, you're back. Here. Good. What's I'm up? Back. So my father has been uh, working at the city Mississauga golf course for the past five years. And this summer, they said they're not hiring seniors. Ooh. Wow. Okay. Um, so they so they said he's so you said he's been working there for five years, and now they're saying they don't hire seniors because of the pandemic. Yeah. Because of the pandemic. Okay. Um, and so have they let him go, or is he... Well, they rehired him every summer. The, oh, right? I These see. part-time uh, guys who just like to go up and, uh, and be around a golf course. And there's about three or four of them, maybe five of them. And uh, this year, they right. said, no, we're not hiring seniors. Can they do that? A city? This is, this is a very good question. I'm, I'm glad you asked it, Scott. So, no, it, it, the, the pandemic is not a license um, to discriminate um, on the basis of age. You know, it'd be one thing if, um, you know, if, if your father has, uh, um, you know, has been diagnosed with COVID-19, an extremely infectious disease, then obviously it's reasonable to say, well, we can't have you in the workplace. Um, but you, you have to prove as an employer, if you're going to say we're not, we're going to exclude certain people from the workplace. You have to prove what's called a bona fide occupational requirement. And and what that language means, that jargon means, is basically you have to prove that it's necessary for the job, that it's necessary to be below, you know, age 65 or below 
below age 70 to do the job. And that's obviously just not uh, not true uh, in this case. So uh, my assessment of that situation is that's a human rights violation. Um, and I would recommend that uh, your father or you and your father uh, perhaps call us together and, and get in touch with us about this because this is not something that should be happening. And uh, to any employers who are listening, please don't do this. Uh, this is not the way to operate. We should be operating based on health and safety and scientific recommendations, uh, government recommendations, not on prejudice. Okay, thank you. You're welcome. Thank you, Scott. Appreciate that. You want to uh, reach out further, you can do so. And that is uh, one eight five five. 821 to get a hold of John and the rest of the crew at the firm. And the email address is help at employmentlawyer.ca. I want to move on down to, uh, to Greg. Greg's going to be, uh, going to be on the line here next. We got you, Greg. Yes. How are you today? Good pal. What's going on? Well, question. I've been, uh, I was in the automotive industry for quite some time. And, uh, when I left, uh, just over, 12 years ago, I've been on WSAB. I've been packaged out on that. And I just received a letter from my old employer saying that uh, they're calling me back to work. Wow. I'm just wondering how that works. I've never uh, never encountered that before. I'm positive I've severed all my ties, but if I talked to somebody the other said something to, in regards to the insurance premium with WSIB. <laughs> well, that's uh, that's got to be a first. Twelve years, uh, and you're re- now. Are you are you medically able to return to work? Well, I'm deemed. Uh, I believe it's seventeen percent uh, deficient in my, in my one shoulder. Right. I, I, not that I'd want to return anyways, because they don't. Right. Well, you know, Greg, what's probably happened here is your employment has probably been frustrated. Um, so the company would have to pay out your uh, em- employment uh, insurance or uh, employment standards minimum amounts. Now, there, there may be a bit of an issue with the time frame, but what I would actually be doing is giving us a call. H- how long were you at the company? Uh, 22 years. 22 years. Okay. And are they, are they a large organization? Fairly large, yes. They're, uh... Are we talking 100 people, 50 people? Still there? Did we lose, Did we lose oh, Greg? We lost him. Okay, Greg, if you got uh, if you got your phone handy, call us back. We'd love to love to get you back on. Want to move on to uh, to Frank here in Milton? You want to call through as well? Four one six eight seven zero sixty four hundred. Frank, how are you, pal? Hello. Hey, Frank, you're on. How are you? Good. What's uh, what's your question, pal? Well, um, prior to the pandemic, my wife was uh, wrongfully dismissed, and we have a claim already in process with that incident, but I'm just curious, if the company goes bankrupt during the pandemic or because of it, what happens to past claims or even future claims for people that are going to be laid off? Right. So this is, um, you know, we I'm sure we all remember the Sears uh, debacle. Yeah. And this is the sad truth is that uh, if a company goes uh, bankrupt, 
um, then all current actions uh, typically will, will get stayed, which basically means they get suspended in time. Um, and you as a, as a as a person, as a plaintiff, um, as someone suing the company for wrongful dismissal, uh, become essentially an unsecured creditor, and it becomes next to impossible um, to collect anything uh, for severance. So that, that really is kind of that worst-case scenario um, that there's really not much you can do anything about. And, you know, if you if you want to talk to someone who can empathize with that, you know, talk to people who were working at Sears, and all of a sudden they saw their uh, severance packages evaporate. And unfortunately, we just don't have protections in this country uh, for employees uh, in that situation. If the company is sold, that's a different situation. If a company is sold, then what will generally happen is that the purchaser will inherit the liabilities of uh, the company that's been sold. So that that's not uh, you know game over, so to speak. If the company is sold, it's a very different situation than uh, uh, a filing uh, for bankruptcy. That doesn't make a difference, even though there's already a claim in process. When you go bankrupt, there's no protection. No, no. As I said, what happens is that the claim will get stayed. It will get stayed by the court, and uh, there will be uh, basically the uh, secured creditors will descend on the company uh, as uh, like a pack of vultures, and uh, that will that will be it. <laughs> so uh, it's not uh, it's not pretty, uh, unfortunately, for a wrongful dismissal claim when uh, uh, when a company files for bankruptcy. Okay. Thank you, Frank. Appreciate you. Uh, appreciate you calling in and your time. Want to get back to our uh, to our list of goodies here, and that is, you have more seniority than you realize if you've been working. Oh, the old independent contractor, huh? Yeah, actually, John, if, if if you wouldn't mind, I'd like to go back to that earlier situation that the call sure. got cut off. But I I thought it okay. would be a crime if I didn't I finish that, and I, I hope he's still listening. Uh, we were talking about uh, you know he'd been out of uh, he'd been on WSIB for twelve years, and look if you're if you're still listening. Um, this may be a case where if it's a large company, he could be entitled to 30 weeks pay. Um, so, you know, there is a, there is a timing issue there, but I, I really hope he's listening. I hope he calls us because there's a, a two year time limitation from the date of discovery. Um, so it's, it, time's really not on his side. And if he's not able to go back to work, he definitely should be giving us a call. So just didn't want to let that, that one fall by the wayside. Yep. It was an important call. And I really do think he should be getting in touch with us. Okay, good call. We'll, uh, we'll go back to the point. Yeah, more seniority if you've been working as an independent contractor. Yes. Yeah, so if you're an independent contractor, um, you still could um, you still could be uh, actually entitled to severance because you know a lot of people who I find who are called so-called quote unquote independent contractors are actually not independent contractors at all. Uh, in some cases, they're dependent contractors. In other cases, they're employees. And you may not uh, you know you may not only be working for one company, but if you're working there on a part-time basis, you can still be an employee. And in those cases, it makes absolutely no difference for your severance. You're entitled to the exact same thing as if uh, the company had recognized that you're an employee. Um, and the courts have said that if you're a true independent contractor uh, and later became uh, an employee, you could still have your full years of service count. So don't be fooled by something, you know, some agreement that the company forced you to sign at some point in your employment that says you're an independent contractor. It, it may not be worth the paper it's written on if you're actually an employee. It won't mean anything. You have more seniority than you realize if you've, uh, if you've been recruited from another company. 
Right. So this is what we as employment lawyers call inducement. So if yep. you've been working in a company for, let's say, 10 or 20 years, uh, and then you get recruited to another company, and the second company lets you go, uh, they're going to owe you severance that's going to take into account your years of service from the previous company. And this is exactly why, actually, you know, just going back to my what we were talking about earlier, John, about employment agreements, you have to be careful. Because if an employment agreement has a, an, a termination clause that tries to limit you to the minimum amount, it may have a probationary clause, which of course, you should never be agreeing to uh, if yeah. you're being recruited. And it may even have a clause that's saying you're agreeing that you've not been recruited. So remember, read these things. Uh, and if you're concerned about anything, have it reviewed by an employment lawyer because recruitment is something that you, you want to have in writing. You want to have it in writing that they've pulled you from this other organization. Next one is that there's gaps in service as well. Right. So gaps in service, if they're long enough, uh, can affect your severance. Uh, but like anything, it's going to depend on the circumstances. So if you've left the company, you know, you quit voluntarily, you go work somewhere else, but the company invites you back to work, they hire you back, they put your benefits back in place as they were, and they restore your vacation entitlements, you could be entitled to severance based on your full years of service, even the ones that were broken up. In fact, even the mere fact of an employer recruiting you back to work can justify considering your full years of service. So, you know, the answer to this question is sometimes, right? Sometimes it'll break up your service. Sometimes you'll get your full years of service. You have me uh, more seniority than you realize if your company is taken over by a new employer. This one's confusing too, right? This one's confusing. We kind of touched on it a little bit earlier during one yeah. of the calls, to, uh, one of the, the calls that we just had. Uh, and I, I can't tell you how many times this comes up and they say, well, you know, the employer says the old employer paid termination pay or we have an asset purchase agreement with a new employer, uh, all kinds of nonsense reasons why they shouldn't be responsible to pay. But the reality is the law does not care about these things. The law says if, you're, if you uh, have been with an organization, you are continuously employed, a purchaser buys that company and you are still working for that new company without any gaps in service, you get your full service. The, the fact that the company's changing hands does not affect your rights. And this is not new. It's been the law for a very long time. Uh, but uh, this, is, this is something that employers are constantly getting wrong. Last one is this. You have more seniority than you realize if you are on a disability or a maternity leave. Yeah, a disability leave and a maternity leave is not going to affect your minimum or your full entitlements. Okay, the law does not punish you for being sick. The law does not punish you for having children. Uh, and the same, by the way, applies to any of the other statutory leaves, uh, including the infectious disease leave that people are taking right now. This does not break up your service. Your service is continuous as if you were working for that company the whole time. So just remember that, especially for people who may be let go after they come back from the infectious disease leave. I want to get to a couple of emails as we get down to the uh, last few minutes here. Rami is next. Rami says, uh, do employers have to continue your benefits on a temporary layoff? Right. So the first thing, Rabbi, that I want to make sure that you understand and that everyone understands is that if you have been temporarily laid off, regardless of whether the company's continuing your benefits or not continuing your benefits, you can decide that you want to treat this as a constructive dismissal. This should only be done with a lawyer, with a lawyer's assistance. But if you want to treat it as a termination, it really doesn't matter if the company's extending your benefits. 
Where it matters is for employment standards, for minimum purposes. So under the Employment Standards Act, if they don't extend your benefits, they can't keep you on layoff for 35 weeks. They can only keep you on a layoff for 13 weeks. Um, so after 13 weeks, if they haven't extended your benefits, it's a termination under the legislation and it's a termination under the common law. But remember that if you decide to treat it as a termination, this really is a red herring. It does not matter. Sam uh, writes in, by the way, the email address is help at employmentlawyer.ca. And I know you've been getting this one quite a lot over the last uh, few weeks. And that is, what if I don't feel comfortable going back to work when COVID-19 is over, when it's over? <laughs> well, the, the first thing, Sam, you should know is that everyone has the right to a safe work environment. But simply uh, having anxiety and feeling discomfort at uh, the notion of not being able to go back to work or having to go back to work, rather, is not going to be enough to say, I'm just not going back. If you have a specific concern, you should report it to your employer. If your employer doesn't take care of it, you should get uh, the Ministry of Labor involved, Health and Safety involved. They'll send an inspector there. But if you simply say, I'm not comfortable, I'm not going to work, you risk losing your job and losing your entitlement to severance and potentially losing your right to even employment insurance. So be really careful about this. Um, and if you have concerns, uh, speak to a lawyer about it because you don't, you don't want to make a rash decision that you'll regret later. We'll get to Doug. Finally, our last minute here says, I own a small family business. I have someone who's been with me for 40 years, but I got to let him go. What's the best way to go about it? That's a really tough situation, and I, yeah. I really empathize for, for these uh, small businesses. The best way, the best thing that, that you can do, Doug, is number one, give him working notice, and number two, do absolutely everything in your power to help this person find a new job. If they find a new job earning the same, that's going to cut off your liability right away. So that's the first thing you want to do, and if you can give them working notice, um, that's also helpful. But definitely give us a call, and we can help you uh, minimize the cost and liability because this is a, a very difficult situation to navigate. Good for another reading, my friend. Nicely done. You want to reach out, get a hold of John or otherwise, uh, simple. It is 1-855-821-5900. Help at employmentlawyer.ca. You can always go to pocketemploymentlawyer.ca as well. We're done back here on Wednesday evening. Stick around, though. On Point is coming right back with Alex Pearson next, right here, Global News Radio. The preceding was a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto.